Hello, I am Joshua P. Warren, and this is Joshua P. Warren Daily. It is possible that one of the great mysteries of my life has been solved. I don't get to say that very often, so I think you'll enjoy this podcast. Um, here's how things evolved. Um, you know, today I woke up and I had a message from my buddy Christian Sweet C. McLeod the cryptid guy, who, by the way, is doing a great job with his new podcast, Fringe Investigations. He is doing this along with Slim and Tiny. It's available on YouTube. You'll find a link at my uh, Twitter account and other places. But uh, he sent me a message about a guy in North Carolina who saw a UFO, and it scared him to death. This is a report that's posted online. And I'll more or less just read you the basics of this report. Uh, Headline says, A mysterious square aircraft hovering in the night sky, quote, scared me to death, end quote, North Carolina man says. So uh, it says here, Another alleged UFO sighting near Charlotte has appeared on Facebook, and in this case it was posted by a husband and father who says he doesn't necessarily believe in UFOs. They give the man's name. He's 35. They say he lives in Kings Mountain, North Carolina. He took several photos of the object during a storm on the night of August 18th of this year. We're talking 2018. As he drove on US 74 southwest of Charlotte. The images feature something square hovering above the tree line with its edges fringed in lights. And he'll, uh, the man told the Charlotte Observer, I don't like using people's names if I can avoid it. The guy told the Charlotte Observer the craft frightened him to the point that he didn't sleep that night. Um, so anyway, he pulled over and he, you know, he took various images. Uh, it says North Carolina is the top 10 among the 50 states when it comes to alleged UFO sightings. And that's according to the National UFO Reporting Center in Davenport in Washington State. Um, the state has had 7,570 reported UFO sightings since 1940. And the site, uh, there's a, a site that calculates odds. It's a casino site. And they say it calculated the odds of seeing a UFO in North Carolina are 1 and 135,500. So anyway, um... There, you know, there is a, a picture of this, and uh, it looks pretty cool. I mean, um, I'll have this uh, linked up to, at my Twitter account and po- probably my Facebook account. And uh, you can see, as they were talking about, you know, tree line, dark, stormy sky, but there is obviously some kind of an outline of a large, rectangular-looking thing. You can only see um, lights coming from three sides of it. But it only seems to be kind of illuminated on the edges. Um, when when I, I started reading this story, you know, it made me think about my own experience that I had with a huge UFO that was long before um, I moved part-time to the Vegas area. And this experience... Is something that I've talked about a number of times. So I'm going to repeat it 
I hope you'll bear with me as I repeat it because I'm going to add something to it now that I've I've never told you before, you've never heard of before, which might actually be the the solution to this mystery that has plagued me for almost 10 years now. In uh, February of 2009, I was invited to be a speaker at the International UFO Congress, which at that time was being held in Laughlin, Nevada. And on the night of Monday, February 23rd, 2009, I went out into the desert between 9 and 10 p.m. with three other men. We stopped at a pull-off on Davis Dam Road. Those three other men were investigators, Will Beckwith, and then my good friend investigator, Dean Worsing, and his son, Dean Worsing Jr. And we had three pairs of night vision goggles, I believe, amongst the four of us. So here we are looking up at the sky. It was just a, a dazzling display at night through third generation out there. I mean, the whole sky was just twinkling like it was full of diamonds. And I was the first person to notice when looking off to my right what appeared to be a gigantic sort of glowing V-shape in the sky. And it was so distinct and so weird that I actually thought that my goggles were malfunctioning. And so uh, I turned and I said, uh, hey guys, I think my goggles are screwed up. I'm getting this weird like V-shape. And then I hear Dean and his son go, holy, because they now are seeing the same thing. And that's when I realized this is actually something in the sky. So we watched this gigantic V-shape. I mean, so huge. it was the biggest thing I've ever seen in the sky. Silently glide from my right across the horizon to the left uh, and, and it was traveling pretty slowly I mean it probably took it like a minute and a half or something like that to go from right to left and it just looked like I've described it like this like the hand of God reached down with a highlighter and just drew a big v-shape in the sky uh, and by the way there was a smaller v-shape over top of a large one the, the thing that I always have to point out to people is that this was not like a black triangle because as it passed over, it wasn't like that the craft blotted out the stars. I could see the stars in the middle of the V shape. It was just as if the V itself was the only thing that was showing up. And if you'd lower the goggles, you couldn't see it. It was invisible to the naked eye. But if you looked at it through the goggles, then all you could see was that edge. It's like the nose of this thing. It looked like a big flying wing. And um, so it was obviously only visible in the infrared range because that's what you can see when you're see into when you're looking through third generation night vision goggles. So this thing silently passed from right to left. And it was so incredible. I've never felt so small in my entire life. We stayed up the rest of the night, all of us did, just talking about this over and over and over, like what we'd seen and what it could be. We determined it was heading in the direction of Edwards Air Force Base. 
I'm sorry, uh, Nellis Air Force Base, uh, which of course is here in Nevada. So it was heading toward Nellis. That's not surprising. Uh, Area 51 and Groom Lake are all you know mixed in with that. And um, the, but the next day, I got on the phone and I was calling everybody just to try to rule out any possibility for what I had seen. You know, I called the Wildlife Commission and said, "Is it possible there is any formation forming fowl?" that might be flying through here some geese or whatever and they said nope not this time of year and it turns out that there's no way that's what it was anyway because later on we shot all kinds of footage of of geese flying and ducks flying and it doesn't look anything like this i mean this was a very rigid glowing obvious craft obvious structure flying from right to left you know and i called the airport and i called the air force base and nobody had any info for me but you have to uh, let me let me take you back to this concept now this thing did not look like a solid black triangle in the sky and it wasn't as if it were made up of dots of light like lights attached to a triangular form which is what uh, Sean Kevin Jason's craft looked like his his craft from his his point of view, and he even has a model as you may recall. Uh, his craft is a black triangular looking craft, and when you look up from the bottom, you see that it's like a black triangle that's got lights positioned at various points around the uh, the outside of the structure. But uh, this wasn't like that. No, I'm telling you, all we could see was like a big V and I could see the stars in the middle. So anyway, um, that was one of the most impressive things I've ever seen. That night, uh, that was early on in the night vision days, none of us had any cameras that were attached to the night vision goggles, and I'll never forgive myself for not being able to, to photograph this in some way. Now, when, whenever I go out with night vision goggles, I always have some type of recording device or camera hooked to them and of course i've never seen that again but i haven't gone back out to that spot again well, granted that's been almost 10 years ago uh but i i'm i'm going to i'm going to give it a shot one more time and just see if i might get lucky but that was a, a pretty significant experience that i've talked about for almost 10 years and so when i met Sean Kevin Jason, the man who had a close encounter with a triangular craft at the space-time anomaly site north of Las Vegas, I was sitting uh, at a truck stop waiting for weather to pass, uh, having a little grub and talking to him and Randy Cole and Charles Munson and I recalled and recounted this experience. And so Sean said to me, have you ever heard of the Telos spy plane? And I said, no. And he goes, that may have been what you saw. And I said, what is the Telos spy plane? And he told me it is a craft that... Um, is so you know so secretive that you'll find very little about it if you even search for it on the internet and he was right you know um i i, I took out my phone right then, then and there and i could find almost nothing about it and then eventually the deeper i dug i found one little picture 
of this thing with a description and the picture is uh okay this thing it looks like a gigantic v-shape just like i'm describing okay it's like a big black v-shaped flying wing called the tr6 telos t-e-l-o-s and here's the description that accompanied it uh, accompanied this illustration or, or parts of it the tr6 telos is designed for use as a trans-atmospheric, low observable reconnaissance platform with global reach and a long loiter time over the target. Employing active electromagnetic, electronic, and visual camouflage, it is able to penetrate all currently known defensive systems from transorbital height. The TR-6 utilizes five electrogravitic generators for propulsion and is considered a VTOL craft not needing a runway, so it can go straight up and down. The landing gear is strictly for maneuvering while on the ground. The wings fold for hangar stowage. Currently, there are only a handful of hangars in the world that can accept the TR-6, with most of them in the U.S., the entire airframe acts as a multi-band communications relay capable of directly interfacing with all current U.S. military satellite networks. The skin employs active visual camouflage using a star-filled lighting pattern along with other stealth techniques. The Telos platform is also capable of operating in space as well as docking with military space stations via a, a ventral docking hatch. And when you look at the pictures of this thing, uh, and you see the, this gigantic black V-shape that also is employing, excuse me, is employing camouflage technology, which would be an electronic form of camouflage. So in other words, it's taking cameras of some sort or, uh, or receptors cameras on the top of the craft and then it is um, displaying that image on the bottom of the craft well when you look up it looks primarily invisible to you because all you're seeing is what's coming from above and so it would make sense that I would still be able to to uh, see the star field, so to speak, so that it did not look like a, any kind of a solid craft. But the one part that wasn't subjected to that camouflage was that front edge, that arrow-like, you know, leading edge, the front of the wing structure that was only visible using third generation night vision technology under those particular circumstances uh, this makes sense to me um, the size that they're talking about the way that it moved the silence associated with it um, all that makes me think that hey if I had to come up with a very logical explanation 
for what I saw that night, especially since it was heading to uh, Nellis Air Force Base, I would say there's a very good chance that I was one of the uh, few civilians in the world who got a chance to witness a TR-6 Telos fly overhead. And if you go to my Twitter feed, I'm going to post a picture of this thing that includes some information. And I'm also going to post a crude illustration that I put on my website within a day or two after my experience in 2009. So you can compare what I saw from my point of view and was able to knock out in a little graphic to what you see here. Uh, it, this still does not exactly explain why why there was a smaller triangle, uh, excuse me, a smaller V-shape above the larger V-shape. Uh, it could be that there is some kind of a uh, protruding structure on top of the front of the V-shape, which also has that kind of edge, and that's what I was seeing. Or maybe there was a you know, an antenna or a smaller version of this thing that was flying above it. I, I got the impression, though, that they were attached. So that's why I would say that maybe there is some kind of uh, control area at the front of this thing that's kind of tall, and it also has its own kind of V-shape, boomerang shape, whatever. This will all make more sense, however, when you look at the images. So again, to give you context, I'm going to post this illustration with information about the Telos, and I'm also going to post my crude illustration that I did in 2009, days, or probably within 24 hours uh, of having seen this thing, so you can look at the two and everything I've told you and compare it for yourself. Uh, but I think it's wonderful that, um, you know, Dean Worsing, he's more than happy to interact with the public. Uh, he teaches classes on paranormal investigation. We've known each other for a long, long time. We've had many adventures in the field, and I'm sure that anybody who contacts Dean can have a discussion with him, and he'll be more than happy to back up the story that I'm telling you and and bear witness to the fact that this, you know, this is what we saw that night, and uh, ever since we've just been trying to figure out what the heck it is. So go to uh, my Twitter account. If you go to joshuapwarren.com, you'll find a, a link there to my Twitter feed, and then you can click and see these things. And if you are the type of person who wants to go out and have the opportunity to look for these kinds of anomalies yourself and look into the otherwise invisible infrared realm, um, you should go to paratemporal.com. That's P-A-R-A-T-E-M-P-O-R-A-L, paratemporal.com. Paratemporal.com is a website that I started up with Mobius years ago to produce and provide the very best third-generation night vision technology for paranormal investigators. And so every pair is taken out and tested, and uh, we give you lots of support and customer service and training and, and help you take these things out and record with them and do whatever else you need to do in order to document amazing and mysterious phenomena so if you go to paratemporal.com you can learn more about that you'll see some other cool videos and pictures and uh just you know if you're interested in, in going out and doing this yourself 
or buying a pair of goggles so you can go out and, and you know, do this more regularly, well, we'll help you with that. So anyway, pretty interesting day. Um, for now, I guess the most likely explanation for my experience is that I saw one of these Telos planes. and So that's pretty special, I think. That's pretty incredible. But there's so much left to be done. There's so much to explore in this area. And by the way, you know, I've, I've been telling you that uh, next month in October that I have this event in Los Angeles, which is a, um, a wishing machine event. And I've been, I've been calling it a wishing machine workshop. But I have decided that um, I'm developing this into something bigger and better than I've ever presented before. And that's because of some new developments, some new research. I think this is going to turn into the ultimate wishing machine training. And that's because I have some things that I uh, am going to be revealing to you over the coming days. Uh, A whole new way of using wishing machines based upon the latest experiments, the latest research, and training that is really going to make this the ultimate experience. I have no doubt for many people it will be the best day of your life. Um, October 13th, that's next month, October 13th in Los Angeles. So I'll be telling you more about that soon. But for now, just go to joshuapwarren.com and click the link at the top that says Los Angeles event and you can learn what's there now but it's going to be updated very soon with even more amazing stuff because I'm going to do uh, I'm going to like I said I'm going to be revealing and unveiling something only for those people who are there only for those people who are there you're not going to get this through the podcast or or any other way only for the people who are there in person on October the 13th uh, go to joshuapwarren.com joshuapwarren.com and uh, click the link to learn about this event. But again, it's about to get updated with a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of new stuff. While you're there, click the link to this podcast if you'd like. It's called Joshua P. Warren Daily. It's always short. It's always free. You can subscribe through various means or just follow me on Twitter at Joshua P. Warren, at Joshua P. Warren, and I will tweet when a new one is available. So that's it for today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your interest and support. Thank you for staying curious. And I will talk to you again soon.